Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis in a post AEW Double or Nothing world, and I'm joined. By Luke Owen. Hello, SWAF Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Every day I've woken up since Double or Nothing, including Sunday at 10 a.m. after four hours sleep, three and a half hours sleep, to watch the football. Of course, yes, you went off to see uh, the the Chelts uh, defeat Sunders uh, in the, the best game of football, the, the ultimate football, I believe. Yeah, they won the football. Mm-hmm. They won the football, they won the league. The Reds are going up because we're dynamite. To Division 1. Championship. Sorry, the Championship. Yes. Formerly called Division 1. That's Very right, confusing because yeah. we've gone from League 1 to Division 1. Yeah. Notice how I said we there. <laughs> I know. You were actually saying this on Friday as well. Like, I'm part of the I was game. on Thursday, rather. You kept saying we and then would stop yourself and like, listen to me, we. Well, that was ironic and intentional. That was a genuine slip of the tongue. Because I feel like I'm part of something larger. How was the football? The football was great. Yeah. The football was very dramatic. In the opening five minutes, one of our defenders, Charlton's defenders, passed the ball back to Charlton's goalkeeper. Oh, no. And it just bobbled over the goalkeeper's foot oh, no. and went straight into the goal. That happened in the fourth minute. Oh, no. It was awful. Yeah. That is, that, you don't want that to happen at Wembley, do you? It was comedically awful. But you can't laugh because there was... It's, it's sad. Well, though, and... I mean, the vast majority of people were very well behaved, but some people just got very angry. Well, you would do, wouldn't you? If, if your team would make such a, a silly, yeah. slight error like that, you, you would probably let them know that you are displeased at these actions. Yeah, well, I was, I was a big fan of the supportive nature of the crowd when something bad happened. And in this moment, there was a, oh, crap, for like 45 seconds. But then, come on, no, we can do this, wait. And they got behind our boys, yeah. Instead of of just lamenting them, uh, but one guy showed up angry, Uh-oh. and he was sitting near us, and he just he just started shouting. Uh, and this was before the own goal. Mm. Just started shouting the C bomb. <gasps> oh, just yeah. dropping it left, right, and center. Talk to each other. Talk to each other. You C bombs. Oh. I'm like it's three minutes in, mate. <laughs> Do, do you not think he was at church before this then? No, I don't. I think he skipped that for quite some time. Yeah. And I looked. He was with 
uh, his girlfriend, it seemed. How embarrassed. Was she, was she joining in? Well, I just, I, I refuse to believe that his anger is that compartmentalised where it's only in these 90 minutes. <laughs> He's probably a dick to live with. Oh, yeah. Anyway, AW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we didn't do a, a, a double or nothing review like I, I did say we were going to do on the... Uh, in the AEW interviews podcast. Thank you to everyone who listened to our <laughs> sit-down interviews. Well, I say sit-down on the phone interviews with Ali and MJF. What a lovely chap MJF is. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Really, really receptive. Very, very receptive. Likes the British accent. Mm. Um, I said on that that me and Pete would do a review and then we'd try and get your thoughts on the show as well. But those plans sort of fell apart because we kind of forgot it was the bank holiday on the Monday. And so Pete wasn't here. Pete was moving into his new flat and so I was in the uh, studio on my own, so I couldn't really do a review then. And you and I were sleeping on Sunday, or you were at the football, and I was at a lovely food festival in uh, Tunbridge Wells, so we couldn't do a review then. So we thought, we'll just give some thoughts on it now. So what match has... So genuinely, every day I've woken up, I've had a bit of a spring in my step. Just like, oh, I'm excited. Because it went well, and I would argue it went really well. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I've had enough things fall apart that I really believed in to not get too excited. But I am excited. Yeah. Like this is this is now peaked over my cynicism. I was burned by TNA. Mm. But I feel like that excitement that I had for TNA, which I genuinely thought could have been like a, a strong competitor. I was there with you. But, you know, really, hindsight being 2020, didn't stand a cat house in chance. But now... This does feel like this could be something big, something monumental. And I'm trying not to get too excited, but I am quite excited. And I think that was quite evident during our live stream of the show and sort of the post show that we did afterwards as well. And I would say the reception, uh, I think everyone else was largely positive on it. Uh, we did get Excalibur and Marvez mixed up. Yeah, I had a uh, hilarious tweet about that yesterday, um, which was having a pop at me for getting it wrong. And I was like, well, no. Ollie got it wrong, and then I followed his lead because I thought you knew better. Like I, I didn't. You said it was Marvez and Excalibur, and I was like, "Well, Ollie watches a lot more of this product than I do. He does know more about this than I. I'm just going to assume that he's right." I'm going to have to correct you there, Luke. I, I, I continually asked, "Are we sure?" I don't know who's talking. Is that Excalibur or Marvez? You were very. The guy adamant. that's talking now is really good. very good, and and you were like. That's Marvez. Oh, no. I think you're fine. <laughs> you were the, you were, well, that's because you had said it first. Right. And then I just bought into what you had said. Oh, but then I think I was like, I was like, oh, maybe it isn't Marvez. See, so that's, that's why I was that's asking. Not what, that's not what you said. I think I did. That's why I kept on asking. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did get Excalibur and Marvez mixed up. But it's okay. It's my fault, apparently. So. Well, what happened is, is you trusted me too much yeah and then when i started to doubt myself you were already trusting me yeah. so you were like no 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 no, 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 no. Ollie, you've got this right. you've got this man you you're you're nailing this so let's share the blame i'll take 60 percent. <laughs> i'll take 40 percent. Oh, i'll i'll do harry I'll carry what, i'll, I'll even, die my sword i'll even take 45 percent. no 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 don't be a hero on this. <laughs> i now want 70 <laughs> uh yes yeah, so we did get that a little bit mixed up but you know Excalibur was very good. Excalibur very. was incredible if that was him. Yeah, very Marvez good has a lot of work to do, I, I would then say. I think where I got confused is that it felt like Excalibur was doing all of the commentary. Mm. And I, my understanding was that it was Marvez was lead commentator, 
Excalibur was color and Jim Ross was like your Mike Tanay style role in WCW where he's the professor. He's the guy you go to for like the, the decades of experience. So that was my understanding. So when the guy doing the most talking, I'm just going to assume that's your lead commentator as opposed to the color guy. Yeah, from what I, from what I imagine would have happened is Excalibur just took over really because Marvez seemed to be quite quiet now Flowering. now I look back on it yeah um so I was under the impression the idea was Marvez was play by play straight JR was color and Excalibur was your Tanay professor guy because he's the one who knows all of these guys mm-hmm. he knows all the moves from PWG yeah. and being a wrestler himself so he was actually meant to be the brains there okay uh and he just must have stepped in. He stepped in. Yeah. And was like, I'll, I'll save this. I'll, I'll pick this up. And he did. I thought the I thought his commentary was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't find the commentary because a lot a few people have said that it was quite neg- not negative, but they had issues with the commentary. They had issues with the commentary. They had issues with some of the production of the show and their. I, well, the, the term has been constant jabs at WWE, but. Really, for my money, there was only one. the one. Yeah. Um, they had that thing about, like, oh, it's pro wrestling. You've got to inflate the number at the start. Mm. That's that's not a jibe at WWE. That's just a jibe at the wrestling world. The industry. The industry, yeah. because that's just that's what wrestling is. You always you always inflate the number. Um, so, of all the matches, what matches stayed with you the most? Cody Dustin. It was the match that I, I was most surprised by. Because I didn't actually have lofty expectations of that match going in. I'm like, it's Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. I'm a fan of both of them. Don't get me wrong. You know, both of them are very, very good wrestlers. But uh, since Cody has left WWE, I can't name you like a five-star Cody match. It's not like Kenny Omega or the Bucks or Lucha Brothers or any of these guys that are just like constantly having these match of the year candidates. Cody has always just been a solid hand. But this match blew me away. This is the first five-star match I've seen Cody in. I mm. absolutely loved it. Yeah, it, he's always been a character and presentation guy. Yeah. And smart very business good promo. Man. Very smart, good promo. Great promo. Smart businessman. Yeah, smart businessman. Like, he is, of course, a very competent in-ring wrestler. Mm-hmm. And in WWE, I would argue, a better than the average at that time when he was in there. Absolutely. But yeah, on the indie scene, I mean, it's a completely different world. And Cody didn't really wrestle anywhere outside WWE before making his name in WWE. So he only had the WWE style. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like you're completely right. It was just an extraordinary match with Dustin. Uh, and just so emotional. Yeah. And if you couple that with the post-match angle when he asked him, I need a brother. Yeah. Like, just fantastic. I need my older brother. What a beautiful line. However, the match, weirdly, that stayed with me the most, that I keep thinking back on, is the women's six the women's six it's woman the, the Joshi girls match? Yeah, I thought you might enjoy that. It was so really, much fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, really, really good. You can see why Kenny was like really pushing for that to be on the main card. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad it was. I think that was the they got over so much to uh, the vast majority of people, me included, had no idea who any of them were apart from Azure Kong. I think I recognised one other person from a Stardom match. I once watched on YouTube. But just that, yeah, they were all such colourful characters. I thought the in-ring action was superb. I loved the story. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just great. And I, I want that to be their women's division. Yeah, pretty I want much. to see those girls mixed up with the, you know, the, Brit the Britt Baker. Baker and Kaylee Ray and Nyla Rose. Because while that match was fun, because Awesome Kong was in there and Kaylee Ray was 
got over far more than I expected. It's like Bailey done right. I I way 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 more prefer the Japanese women's wrestling. Yeah. So I want to see though like that become one wrestling division. Yeah. And then it's not like oh that was good for a women's match. That's right. It's which I felt like kind of was the case with the the Western match. I suppose you could call it. But for the Eastern match, that's just a that's one of the best matches on the card. Yeah. And the one that stayed with me the most. Yeah, no, I, that, I've got to agree with you on that one. I thought it was a really, really fun six-woman tag. Loved the uh, the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match as well. Mm. That was full of high spots and near falls, but also some really good storytelling in there. In fact, really, the only match that disappointed me on there was Omega Jericho. And it wasn't like that was a bad match. It's just it, it wasn't as good as their Wrestle Kingdom match. And it came at the end of a long show, and the crowd were very tired. And the crowd weren't really into it either. And I cannot get on board with the Judas effect as a finish. Oh, I don't mind it. it I don't think it's been built up. Like, I think doing one small promo on YouTube does not build up a finish. And the crowd didn't buy it as a finish. The crowd just didn't know that was going to be the end. Yeah. And really, if you're only, like, deep diving into this wrestling bubble, then you know what the Judas effect is. And perhaps that's just that's a problem with them not having TV at the moment. You know, TV's not starting until later on this year. So for me, the, the finish fell a bit flat for it as well. The thing I was most surprised about, I had some feedback on the old Twitter machine of someone saying that there were three really good matches on it, but the rest of it I thought was fine, you know, above average. So I'd give it a smack bang in the middle. Whoa. And I was like, whoa. Best album I've ever heard. Two and a half stars. That's it, yeah. And I was like, I think that's really harsh considering that... The key to what you said there is that there were three great matches and no bad matches. Not even average. Not even he average. said above average. Yeah, but it was just like, nah, yeah, three out of five. I thought the women's matches was botchy as hell, which I thought, was again, was very, very unfair. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've seen some people, but he, this person did admit that he's like, I'm a WWE guy. I've only ever watched WWE. This is kind of like, you know, my first venture outside of those boundaries. So perhaps it's just people but even then i would have thought if you've only watched wwe you would go to this and just almost have your mind blown by the variety on show there's probably two ways of that happening isn't there one way is oh my god wrestling can be like this and the other way is huh this isn't right <laughs> yeah yeah there's something it's like uh, the colors have been slightly altered on your tv but only ever so only so slightly altered i remember i once took a friend to a rev pro show and he had, he'd only ever seen WWE and he hadn't followed it for years. He was just like quite keen to see what this whole wrestling thing as an adult was all about. And we walked into the York Hall and he was like, oh, what's what's this? <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a sports hall. Yeah. And it's like, you know, where's the big production? I was like, oh, no, that's WWE's presentation. But wrestling can be anything, really. Yeah. Like, well, not anything, but, you know, it can take all it different forms. It can literally forms. be anything. Uh, and... Yeah, he never quite got over that. And he, he had a fun time, but he hasn't come back to it since. So, yeah, it is. I can I can I can empathize with people who are like, ah, it's not. It's this is something weird. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a bright like I love co-ops, margarita, stuffed crust pizza. Mm -hmm. I bring that up a lot. Weirdly, the Asda version, which I'm sure is pretty much exactly the same. I don't like <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> the other thing I, uh, I've seen some people say is that they were uh, not disappointed, but they think that the Moxley thing is slightly overblown in that. And I, again, actually empathize with these people because 
for the last three, two, two, three years, Dean Ambrose has been pretty boring on the main roster. You know, Wacky Dean is not a name that's come out of nowhere. He's been Wacky Dean for so long that people got very, very sick of seeing him. But I think you go back to three, four years ago when the Shield first broke up and the three of them were being pushed in different directions and everyone was behind Ambrose to be the standout. They were really liked Seth. No no one liked Roman at post-Shield split and everyone was behind Ambrose to the point where people were like, he could be your next Austin because he's really good. He has got what Becky Lynch has at the moment or did have sort of in that summer Survivor Series through to, actually SummerSlam through to Mania period. Dean Ambrose had that five years ago. There was, and I realized that myself when I read the press release, the AEW release, when they were like, he was the um, fan, he was the fan favorite wrestler in um, uh, sports, uh, whichever the, what's the magazine they do? The PWI 500. Yes. Yeah. He was like top of that list mm. of like fan favorite of like, you know, everyone's favorite wrestler. So be, I'm excited to see that hopefully we can get that Ambrose again or this Moxley now. Well, when you see him when he came into the ring, it was just a completely different, not completely different, but he was unhinged. His mannerisms, his physicality was all so different and fresh and rejuvenated that I, I don't know how you can't be excited about that. He seemed so genuine and raw. Have you seen the promo? No, I haven't actually. Oh, the pro- yeah, they post up his first promo that he did. It was shortly after um, he made his debut. And it's just backstage. And it is an incredible promo. He has this line where he said, people are going to come to my funeral just to make sure I'm dead. <laughs> so I think is a wicked line. It's really, really cool. But anyway, so those are our sort of general thoughts of Double or Nothing. I thought it was a very, very good show. An excellent first show as well for a yes. company. Really excited to see what the shows will then look like going forward once they've got TV as well. But let's crack on into the main show and talk about something I'm less enthused about, which is Baron Corbin is in WWE's main event scene once again. Here's the show. It's happened. We all knew it was going to happen. There have been advertisements about Baron Corbin fighting for the Universal Championship for months now. There have been reports from Dave Meltzer that he'll be fighting for the Universal Champion for weeks Yet it happened, and I still had a punch to my stomach when his arm was raised at the end here. Yes, this has been something that's been building now for months. The The report from Melter was, that's why he was picked to retire Kurt Angle. It's because they were grooming him to be Universal Championship material. Yes. So we, as you say, we all knew this was coming. The main event of Stomping Ground was advertised to be Corbin versus Rollins for the title. And with all the heat, brother, that he's been getting with his ring introduction, not the matches. Wrestle Talk's favourite son. <laughs> we knew that this was coming. And yet, when this match started, which was a fatal four-way, and it was to crown the new number one contender. It wasn't a fatal four-way. It was a four-way elimination match. We'll get to that. <laughs> and it was announced as... Braun Strowman versus The Miz versus Bobby Lashley versus Baron Corbin. I was like, honestly, Corbin is the only person that can win this match. But he's still the fourth person, or the fourth, he's number four on the list. I'd want to win this match. And even then, I'd probably say he was eighth because I don't want anyone to win this match. Because any one of those combinations sounds so dreadfully dull. Over the last year, Corbin, Lashley, Strowman, Miz... 
They've all been heels. They've all had their own little mid-card slots. Strowman, when he was with McIntyre and Ziggler as the Dogs of War. Of course, Corbin and Lashley are pretty much brothers now, the amount they've been together. The mid-card of evil. They were working yeah. strongly together in this match. They were <coughs> fist bumps and everything. And The Miz was was like had his little B-team entourage before them. So it's just like all four of these guys, they're fighting for the Universal Championship. None of them feel special. No. Absolutely not. And like you said, we got the worst possible winner in in Corbs. Yeah, and, and <sighs> of all the times, of all the times, WWE's predictable, and we're like, okay, that's good. I want it to be predictable because I like the direction they're going in, and they swerve us. Why couldn't they swerve us this time, Luke? Well, who would you rather they have picked? In of those four, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> yeah, it was um, Bray Wyatt. Bray. Well, I would say. Here is my one caveat to why I'm not like massively dejected about this. It is for Super Aradia Down. In theory, this is a one-off. In the same that Ziggler is a one-off for Kofi. This feels like it could just be a <coughs> one-off program run done for this one show and then we can start and because AJ's injured and then we can start a proper program once we get out of Saudi Arabia showdown. Do you want to hear my prediction? Hit me. We're getting a title change. You reckon Corbin's winning? Oh, you reckon Lesnar's cashing in? Lesnar's cashing in. Okay. Lesnar doesn't have a match. Ten days out. I don't think they're going to set him up in a random match. Like, who can he face? There are 50 people in that battle big, royal. Big show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he's if he's a boot. Yeah. Mark Henry. Yep, there you go. Someone Here's big to one. flip. Exactly, yeah. Big, a big, ba- big, big burly dude. But we know Lesnar's going to be on the Super Arabia show because that's pretty much what pays his money. That's how they break even on Brock Lesnar. And I can't see him fitting in anywhere else other than he comes in and takes the belt off of Seth after Corbin has had a match with him. Yeah. And it, it ties back to Braun Strowman at, uh, uh, what was it called? Crown, uh, Crown, Crown Jewel, Jewel last year. year yeah. When Baron Corbin hit Braun Strowman with the briefcase when uh, when he had the match with Brock oh, Lesnar. That's right. Oh. And that's how Brock Lesnar won like, that like, vacated belt. It's its own little like mini universe with its own little mini continuity storylines. And we pay the price. <laughs> so you think that as of next Friday... Brock Lesnar is going to be Universal Champion once again. But saying it out loud, yeah, that makes total... Yeah, (laughs) it it makes the most sense in the world. I don't want it to happen. Um, I I don't think it's 100% certain, but we all need to start preparing ourselves mentally. Because AEW doesn't launch weekly until October. The alternative is, and I've seen a few people suggest this, and I don't think that they are particularly wrong uh, in this line of thinking that Lesnar will cash in on the first SmackDown on Fox on Kofi or whoever is the Mm. WWE champion at that point. So you have your big debut SmackDown on Fox and you have your big angle at the end of the show, which is Lesnar cashing it in. So you've set up now this Chekhov's gun that Lesnar knows he's got all year to pick his spot. And so he can pick his spot in October when they go to Fox. It's like four or five months of booking there. Well, he's not going to be there for it, so it doesn't matter, does it? He's going to go home somewhere. He's got farming to do. There are deer that need to be shot. He's not going to be around for it. Yeah, he can do that with the universal title that Seth, like, won from Seth. Well, yeah, but we can just have Seth as champion for a little bit. I So I'm, I don't think you're wrong. I think mm. it could happen at Saudi Arabia, or it will happen out on the Fox show. I think they've WWE have set a precedent to 
the Saudi Arabian fans and more importantly the Prince. Crown Prince yeah. uh, that there's going to be a big title change that Brock Lesnar get the big UFC guy he gets the gold yeah well you know well let's talk about what happened in this actual match that gave us Baron Corbin in the in uh, uh, Super Arabia it was Braun Strowman versus The Miz versus Corbin versus Lashley. And before the match got started, The Miz had a direct-to-camera promo where he said, Hey, guys, I'm going to have a baby girl. I just found out the gender of my baby with Maurice. And then it cuts to Braun Strowman, similar direct-to-camera promo. He's like, I'm going to kill you, Bobby Lashley. I'm going to rip off your head, Baron Corbin. And congratulations to The Miz. I'm so happy for you that you're going to have a little girl. I was like, what's going on here? It was so weird. Vince clearly is on this kick at the moment of family men. Yeah. Like he, now that, like there are, because he did this with Kofi. Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin Owens. Owens. A lot of Kofi's promos in the lead up to Mania were like, I'm a family man. I need to provide for my kids. You're right. Kevin Owens' gimmick when he came back was, I'm a family man. Now Mrs. whole deal is, I'm going to be a father for the second time. It's clearly his new kick of, this is how we're going to get guys over to the crowd, is that they are family men. Fighting for their family. Like that page movie we we did. That's probably where he got the idea from. When Vince has an idea for a character, he will not stop until someone fits that character. <laughs> yeah. Look at Emelina. Look at Lana. Look yeah. at Mandy Rose. It's the same attempted character that he's been trying to make work for years now. You missed a step there as well. Eva Marie was Eva in there. Eva Marie. It was Evelina, Eva Marie, Lana, and then Mandy Rose. Mm. Yeah. Crikey. Uh, so this was... A elimination match. I it was found that out about halfway through. It was billed at the start of the show as was an elimination it? match in the graphic. And the commentators were talking about it like it was an elimination match. And like, like you already said, Corbin and Lashley worked together for the majority. I don't think they ever turned on each other. No. Not like McIntyre and Corbs did um, a couple of weeks ago. And then Strowman and Lashley brawled through the crowd and out the arena. End of days on Miz... And, and Corbin wins. And Michael Cole says that Strowman and Lashley took themselves out of the match. Or they took yeah. each other out of the match. They got counted out in a fatal four-way match where there are no count-outs. Yeah. So, so who, who cares? Why advertise really? it as an elimination match then? If, you're not, if you had a finish that is a one-fall finish, then just say it's a fatal four-way and have those two brawl to the back. Yeah. Like, it, the, it's, the finish is the same. It's just we don't sit here and go like, well, why do you advertise an elimination match then? Yeah, and I like elimination matches. I like the structure of them. I wish three-way three dances were more of a thing. So you had the triple threat goes down to a two-person at the end. So I feel cheated out of a, like a, a more dramatic story. Well, this show, overall, was not a response to Double or Nothing. No. It was not a response. I think some people were probably expecting WWE to do. be like, <coughs> well, God damn it, kid. That, that AEW upstart has pulled out a really good show that was really like critically acclaimed. We need to pull out all the big guns for Monday Night Raw with our dwindling ratings. You can compete against someone or you can take the opposite track and go the other way and fill that place that they're not, they're not occupying cater to the audience that don't want double or nothing exactly so they don't want wrestling so you're not going to get wrestling for an hour and a half and when you do it Shane McMahon (laughs) when that match started and it was an hour into the show I was like this is an absolute joke wins and losses matter that's an AEW thing we're not going to tread on their toes 
here's Cesaro versus Ricochet, 50-50 booking. You want, you want, what else did they have? They, we advertised, now I didn't watch Raw last week, but did they not advertise a state of the United States championship picture? Yeah, Rey Mysterio was going to come out, yeah. Yeah, and then this week they were just said, next week Rey Mysterio is going to announce the future of the championship. And Joe came out and I was like, well, Joe's going to be pissed off then because he was meant to get the championship this week. He just came out and said like, well, I'll see you next week, Rey. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get on with the, the the full review in a second then because we are it's hard not to to talk about Raw as a complete shoddy hole at the moment. Uh, yeah. I will say I didn't think the <laughs> match was terrible. The, the no, play, yeah. Strowman had a really fun I forgot how good Strowman is when he comes back and he's monster away and he yeah. hit that double shotgun drop, drop kick. Oh, it was great. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was really good, but it's they've just been booked into oblivion, really, into this mid-card vortex for so long. They were trying super hard with Bobby Lashley on commentary. Look at him! Look how impressive he is! Look how strong Bobby Lashley is! They clearly just only thought, like, oh no, we've booked him against Braun Strowman. We need to really hammer home on this show. He is strong. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, thank you to our pledge hammers on Patreon who have pledged $25 or more. Thank you, Big Bulls, Billy Buchaner. Oh, yeah. hey. He's a popular one. The leader of the New World Discorder, 
Ewan McDonald. Yeah. Thank Hello. you to Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah. Great series of games. Krampus Kendall Ellis. Oh, lovely. Ooh. Yes. Adam and the Anthony Bergeron. Yeah, yeah. just cheer louder yeah. over the drilling. The Dijon Mustard. Yeah. yeah. The one and only Mr. One. Yeah. yeah. Colin McLean uh than Finn Balor. He's yeah. leaving. Yeah. And yeah. finally, Sayonara, Kane Grant. Yeah. Before we get into the full play-by-play, let's have your super chats from Randy Andy Dadson. Yes, let's. Do you know, quickly, though, how many times would you say Brock Lesnar has been Universal Champion? Twice. Ooh. No, three times. No, once. No, twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. Yeah, he beat, uh, I think, I thought beat it was Goldberg. Like, I thought it was like eight times because it just feels like it's been so many times. Yeah, he mm. beat Goldberg, then he won the, the vacant title, right, at Crown Jewel. Because I remember when I did this, I did the Crown Jewel review, and I said it's the second time he won the title. And everyone was trying to correct me, saying it was the third time he's won the title. <laughs> and I was trying to, I was like, what's the third one? I can't yeah. even remember Goldberg. Now, he's been WWE Champion four times and Universal twice. Yeah. Right, anyway, we've got loads of Super Chats, so Ooh. thank you for them. You uh, Victor Vega starts, as he often does, uh, saying, after Double or Nothing and Raw, WWE is in trouble. Not for another five years. Uh, yeah, least. well, you know, the if... if Financially speaking. Yeah, we'll see. It's too early to say. I, I can't even predict. Yeah. Uh, Vernon Jeffries says, the mid-card vortex is strong with Baron Corbin. Also, I was expecting Raw to be above average after Double of Nothing. It was just average instead. You if me, that. Yeah, you and me both, dude. Like, I genuinely thought there'll be someone in the back that'll be like, guys, we need to really step it up on this show. Yeah, Triple H, because <laughs> they destroyed his toy throne. Yeah. I thought that would legit have annoyed him. Mm-hmm. But, or at least, like, if it didn't legit annoy him, at least foster a bit of friendly rivalry where they have a shot back. We so did get a reference, but we'll come on to that later. comes out and burns a stardust sort of bodysuit. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, be yeah. a mirror, wouldn't it? Because that was his mm. scheme previously, wasn't it? We'd look in the mirror and Whoa! punch a mirror. Maybe that's what Mojo Rawley is. Oh, he's been looking at Cody this whole time. Uh, Jobber JJ says, I never want, as he's written, Brock Lina to cash in. Well, well, I mean, I, genu- I genuinely thought my in my head when he won Money in the Bank, I was like, oh, right. Well, this is there to set up the Saudi Arabia show mm-hmm. and he'll cash it in ahead of time to get the match. And then I thought, which is fine because Seth will win and we'll just move on with our lives. But apparently I was very, very wrong. No, Brock's a heel. Brock won't pre-announce a cash in. He'll cash in on Seth. But he's like a prize fighter. After he's been beaten up by corpse. Yeah, prize fighter. Well, why didn't in he do Saudi that today, Arabia. Then? When um, Seth was wounded. Mm, because Saudi money. <laughs> he knows. He doesn't want to fight Baron Corbin. That's the problem. It's like Jinder Mahal. He's like Golden uh, making sure that AJ wins. So he doesn't have to face Jinder. Uh, Adrian Wells, thank you for your donation. Thanks, uh, Adrian. Joshua Thompson says, should Brock be thought of when discussing the best wrestlers in the world? Been a fan since he debuted on SmackDown. Hashtag Brock Party. Um, I mean, I do. You know what? I am a fan of Brock. I, I really enjoy Brock matches. I've, I've said this many, many times before. I think that when he is motivated, he is on another level of good. I think he is an absolutely incredible wrestler. I just don't think he was enthused much last year. And he had it barely showed up last year, had just like less and less and less dates. And I'm now at a point where 
I'm kind of sick of it because it's the same storyline we've had now for four years, and I'm looking for something a bit different. Yeah, Brock is actually an incredible wrestler, an incredible seller. Yeah. Pete, that gets looked past a lot. Uh, the Finn Balor match, the AJ match. That Goldberg-Brock match is one of my favourite in the last five years. But it's the way he's booked. Like, it, it's... I've gotten into the place now where I'm hating the game, not the player. Yeah. Brock is a master player. But if his deal was this much money, this many dates, like, he, that's that's WWE's fault for offering it to him. It's WWE's fault for putting the belt on him when they know he's not going to be around all that time. Yeah. If he's not around all the time, use him as a special attraction. And he would... I don't think people would hate him as much. No, I, I think you're completely right. And I remember when... Um we were talking about, I mean, you could watch our Money in the Bank reactions, my, me and Laurie. Laurie was very upset. I, I found the whole thing quite hysterical, really, <laughs> because it was like, well, of course Brock won. Of yeah. course Brock's Money in the Bank. Super Arabia. Super Arabia. And then I was a bit down on it. And then I, when I saw the gifts of him bopping around with it like a beatbox, I was like, this is why they've done this. is brilliant. I actually love this. Brock party. But then WWE managed to sort of like, well, we'll get onto that. But they yeah. made me not like it anymore within the space of one week. Uh, Tim Arendt says the wild, this wild card rule has gone out of hand Dean Ambrose showed up in another promotion he certainly <laughs> did it's been all over the place yeah. it's a conspiracy William Adams says not even the Universal Championship can escape the pull of Baron Corbin he certainly can't not even all the money in Saudi Arabia oh and by the way it was Extreme Rules not Stomping Grounds that he was advertised against Seth oh okay yeah. well I mean they're all the same yeah. show yeah if it's not Wrestlemania or SummerSlam it's all it's Backlash that yeah. June July nebulous <laughs> um, pay-per-view could be well, Stomping Grounds is Backlash it's just been renamed isn't it it could be bragging rights for all I know um Start Recording says, uh, I want Cesaro versus Ricochet in a best of seven series, and then they can do a tag team. <laughs> yeah, they'll become a tag team afterwards. Yeah. Oh, well. I've just Cle got Cesaro Cleary's back as a singles wrestler. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Stay away, Mick Foley. Uh, Luke Everson says, who do you guys think Brock Lesnar will face in Saudi, if anyone? Well, I, I said Big Show if he's you know oh. able to do anything, or Mark Henry, or just some big dude. Is there another big dude that he can face? Carly. Babatunde. Giant, Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. Is there any like like big dudes down in NXT that he can face? Like a Mansour. Man, Mansour's a tall guy. Maybe maybe it could be him. Or He's cashing him. Or maybe even better, a smaller guy. Put him in there with a with a ricochet and just have like ricochet and him have a fun match. Like that wrestler with no legs or who was it? Damien Thomas, there yeah. you go. Uh, Hartley Reaper says Roman and Brock ruined it prior to Baron Court Baron. Leaving SmackDown. Uh, I think they're talking about the, the title of this video is oh. Baron Corbin ruining Raw's oh, main okay. event and mm. they're saying no Roman and Brock. Oh, right, yeah. No, I'd much rather Roman and Brock uh, than, than Baron at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm longing for those days. Uh, Jobber JJ back in <coughs> with uh, an idea for the boom case. Boom case? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the uh, boom yeah. case, yeah. Uh, Rock's boom boxing and R-Truth comes out and dance breaks and Brock does booms him and wins the 24-7 championship. I think you'll find it's actually a beast box. That's what they were calling it. Oh, they were calling it a beast box. Christ. Yeah. Well, that's why they've made me hate this now. Yeah. Because they've started to put gimmicks on it. Brock Party. But Brock Party is a great t-shirt. Great t-shirt. But he's now got a beast box. <sighs> it's money in a boom box. <laughs> it's, well, it's taken something that got over organically and then just 
burying it mm-hmm. and so and just forcing it down and and, just, and making it not cool anymore. I like the idea though of Brock winning the twenty four seven title. Lars, mate, Lars is winning. Who yeah. would be able to beat Brock for uh, the twenty four seven? Seth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's for both belts. Yeah. All the belts in Saudi Arabia. I um. Oh, I know we don't know who's in the 50-man battle royal, but I think they're going to... Everyone gonna, is. Well, it's going to have to be, I suppose. Apart from Alistair Black, Kevin Owens, <laughs> Sami Zayn, and, and all Daniel the women. Bryan and all the women. I think they're going to have some 24-7 shenanigans in that, mm, and they'll have, like, that's good, truth good shout. pinned during the battle royal, and then people trying to pin him until that mm. person gets eliminated. Well, I mean, it hasn't been there, just the money in the bank for a while. It's because it was beast, uh, Monster in the Bank last year. So oh, every, yeah. every time it's something. Got to, got to trademark it, mate. Yeah. Uh, Robert Freilich says, uh, I mentioned in the Super Chat during Money in the Bank that Brock would hold Money in the Bank until SmackDown moves. I would like to double down on this. Double or nothing, mate. Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm still going. It's it's Super Arabia on Friday. Mm. Next Friday. Uh, start a Friday <laughs> in the future. Start recording. Says, do you think AW will introduce a mid card title at some point? Also, what would you guys call it? I think it's too early to be. I, I think they're going to be quite protective of the belts that they introduce, and they don't want them to just become props for people to hold. Like yeah. th- there are seventeen titles in WWE at the moment. That's too many titles. Women's belt, top belt, tag belt. Mid-card belt. That's all you need. I think that's fine. But, I but think that mid-card belt, I think, should be a TV title. And I think that will come, yeah, later on. I think they will just start with the, those three first. Just have top titles. Well, if you crown your top, your world champion uh, all out, which it seems to be the direction between Jericho and Hangman Page, then the t- I think the first week of TV, you have a month of tournament matches to crown that mid-card. Yeah. And TV uh, title yeah. things are a good shout as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's in Japanese so I don't know what that says uh, have you try Google Translate mate I will <laughs> okay one sec uh, you, you, you talk well, well t- t- tell us one question oh okay and then um, we'll, we'll do the other the rig says man I became so mentally drained during Raw yeah do you know what when the show started instantly I was just t- I was, I was Fallen asleep during Glazed it. over, Glazed yeah. over, really, really did. Especially when it felt like they had the same segment coming out of an ad break, yeah. where Kofi attacked Dolph and then Xavier attacked Dolph. And did Kofi attack Xavier at one point? <laughs> what is life? It did feel very repetitive. And mm. as we sort of joked about at the start of the show, it was like, you know, an hour before the first match, big air quotes happened for podcast listeners with Shane versus Lance and Hawaii. Then it felt like a long old time before we got the the women's tag match. So, yeah, a lot of glazing over for this show. Mm. Uh, It is Progress Marek in Japanese. Uh, Have you had a chance to watch uh, Phantasmo versus Romero or Osprey versus Bandido versus Super Juniors 2019? Not yet. No, I haven't seen any of the best of the Super Juniors. I think I might do like a super playlist, a best of the super playlist uh, when it's it's all said and done. I've got Um, a flight on on, on Friday and coming back Sunday. That's where I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I, yeah. I need to find some time to be able to do it. I could have done some yesterday, I suppose, while I was in the office on my own. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to catching up on it. Particularly because I love El Fantasma. Mm. ELP is awesome. I love Rocky Romero. I yeah. hear he had a cracking I match. like Bandido. Bandido's yeah. great, yeah. We all like Will Ospreay too. And uh, Shikagi, <laughs> Shikagi, Takagai, Takagai, Shingo Takagai. Him. Him. Uh, start recording, says Shane's back elbow looked way better than Jericho's. <laughs> yeah, because it was real. <laughs> <laughs> he can't wrestle. can't pull punches. Uh, 
Tomo. Tomo. Do you guys know what I want? You guessed it. Randy Datsun merch. Please don't hate me, Ollie. It should have been Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Craig Pinn says Raw feels even worse after watching Double Nothing. Yeah. It was a bad show. Yeah. It's like, um, it's very difficult <coughs> to watch like Japanese wrestling or Ring of Honor stuff or like when we went to see Progress at, um, at Alexandra Palace a couple of weeks ago mm. and that was on a, sun- a Sunday and then got up on Tuesday morning to watch Raw. I was just, I t- it took me a while to adjust. You've got to get your head into a different space. Yeah in order to be able to watch the WWE product. And that's not like, you know, it's it's just, it's a different product. It's a different wrestling product catering to a different wrestling audience. But it's also really bad at even doing that. That's true. So you yeah. don't have to just switch your head one way, which I'm totally fine to do. You've then got to lower your expectations massively. Yeah. Like if we rated Raw and SmackDown on the same sort of ratings we give proper wrestling shows, that like it would just be poor. Or like you know, one out of five, zero yeah, out of five. It's been poor, like for the majority. Of yeah, exactly. Like if I was comparing that to 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 you know, double or nothing, it just it's not even in the same rating system. And we said on the the stream that like double or nothing wasn't like the best show I've ever seen. It wasn't a five out of five show, but it was way better than every main roster WWE show this year. Yeah, far and away better than all of them. Um, how many more we got? Because we'll move on. So let's have five more. Five more. Uh, you might have to explain this one to me because I don't get what he's saying. But Keith Fry says, if cheddar is money, McIntyre plus Shane equals mac and cheese. Yeah, so right. cheddar, is, it's a term for money. Show is me it? the cheddar. Yeah. I yeah. did not know that. Thank Why you that? for teaching me. Well, uh, I've, I've called him uh, Mc, McMahon Entire. Scared me. I, in, I saw that in today's, today's video. That sounds like a estate agent. Mm. Uh, Raw34 says, All hail Corbin, the best heel in wrestling at the moment. He's WrestleTalk's favourite son. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm sure that is a uh, a heel comment. But yeah, he is not the, the best heel in wrestling. He's not even the best heel in WWE. Uh, John Marr, thank you for your donation. Uh, Derek Ayala says, It's going to be Brock winning the WWE title before October, just in time for Fox. Then you'll have Roman chasing the title up to WrestleMania. Control C, Control V. Well, no, you could do that because still having cash in on, on the Fox show. Then do the November show as Brock versus Kofi in a rematch. And then, yeah, then you have Roman. Roman wins the Royal Rumble, and then we get Roman chasing Brock for the title at Mania. No, Drew is the current favourite for the Royal Rumble 2020. According to who? Sky Bet. (laughs) By by this time in the year, we usually know SummerSlam's top matches. There's nothing about that, which hints to me that Brock Lesnar's going to be involved. Well, Brock's going to be involved in the show. Yeah, as Universal Champion, because he's winning it next Friday, (laughs) or a Friday. Uh, Intkey5252 <coughs> says Iconic's growing into the best heel tag team yes or no uh, I, I wouldn't say the, uh, no also they never win yeah I love their act but they never they're win. jokes yeah, as, as in-ring competitors I, I really am I'm annoyed at this company that they didn't keep up the gimmick they did on the Smackdown After Mania where they were beating up jobbers but pretending they were like big yeah. legitimate undefeated stars as a way to get heat I thought it was a really, really good segment. Genuinely funny. Genuinely funny. And actually has a weird effect where it does make you believe in them being good wrestlers. Also means they win. Yeah. And as you said at the time, it gives them an Edge and Christian vibe 
And that's a really good thing to have in your women's tag team division. A, di- a division they have clearly forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely could not care, any- care about at all. So I love them, but yeah, they never win. So I don't think you can say they're the best heels. And lastly, and I think I'm afraid, Mohammed, I'm going to say you're, think you're missing the point here. Uh, but why are you so outraged uh, about Saudi Arabia and WWE for well, the women's division? Shouldn't WWE respect the rules and culture in any host country? Um, I it, it's a it's a tricky it, one to get me, into. For me, it's a double standard thing. Mm. I don't think you can push this women's evolution revolution, whatever they're called, whatever branding it is this week, and then go to a place where you can't have that. Um, and but still then say we are still pushing women's wrestling and we we women's wrestling is our big goal for 2019 mm. and 2020. I think it's double standards. Yeah, and Saudi Arabia let women drive recently. Well done. But they also locked up a lot of women activists for asking for more rights. But the whole show, let's get on with the full roar. Uh, we started off with a Memorial Day video package, which was very well done. Memorial Day is a bank holiday. Well, it's th- like a US bank holiday. This is why I think the show was the way it was. It was a let's not bother trying. Uh, no one's watching TV holiday anyway. Holiday edition. It's it's going up against the the big football game. We just don't. We're not going to try because no one's going to watch anyway. Unless they thought they were doing a good job, <laughs> which is always possible. Mm. Uh, then we got Brock Lesnar shown backstage, and that really set up a theme of the night. Where rather than here is the segment, and it will play out until the end, it was actually. Here's a thing happening over here. Here's a thing happening over here. Now we've got this segment. Here's a little thing over here. And I, I'm i for that. And I really liked it when they started doing it with SmackDown, I believe, last year. But it's gotten a bit ridiculous now. Mm. Where they advertise... I'm like, oh, yeah, Firefly Funhouse is coming up later. And then four segments. Or like you're like, well, what? These people just walked down to the ring about ten minutes ago. And then you've cut back to the Usos block party. What have they been doing? Yeah. So it just makes me question the the reality of what I'm watching, which isn't what you need when it's a, essentially a fabricated, predetermined show. Did you hear Brock Lesnar's new nickname as well? No. Oh, you'll love this one. The Purveyor of Paranoia. <laughs> but Heyman said that, right? Yeah, but that, that's what also they're calling him in their YouTube videos as well now. So it is the, the new nickname for, for Brock Lesnar. The purveyor of paranoia. Purveyor sounds like you're going to survey a house. That's exactly what I thought. I thought I'm pretty sure I had a purveyor come yeah. round when I was buying my house. And I paid him a lot of money and I didn't like him. Yeah. Um, no, no, I don't have underground car park. <laughs> it's, it's worth less than that. <laughs> um so, yeah, we got Brock Lesnar set up at the start of the show. Don't worry. I'm sure they'll pay off on what they promised, that Brock will announce a cash-in target. And then Kofi Kingston came out. He threw some pancakes around, and there was a video package about Dolph Ziggler attacking him last week. I genuinely forgot that happened. Yeah, so did I, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, AEW was, it was a nice palate cleanser. It really was. When <laughs> they showed the video package, I was like, Oh, yeah, Dolph mm. Ziggler returned last week. Genuinely, completely emptied my mind. So then Kofi said in his in-ring promo, Kevin Owens took out Big E's knee last week. Right? What was that all about? I I thought, when was that confirmed? I thought Dolph took him out. I thought that was the whole thing, is that Dolph attacked him backstage, and then that meant that Woods was backstage, so that Kofi was on his own, so Ziggler could attack Kofi in the ring. But they never paid off on, 
on Z- like they never said Ziggler did it. It was implied, sure. Yeah. So for Kofi to then really adamantly say no, it was Kevin Owens. I'm like, and who hung up Sami Zayn at Money in the Bank? No, we well, we still don't know. I'm guessing it was Brock, right? No, uh, I don't know. Did um, he even say it wasn't? Heyman said, like he said, it was a conspiracy theory that you think that, which Sinkara. could just be a heel, which could just be a heel thing to say, we did do it. You're crazy for thinking that we did, yeah. or it could be they never, they never really thought about it. It's like the raw GM one over his hornswoggle. So <laughs> then Kofi said that Brock should cash in on him because he wants to be the best champion. Now I have issue with this motivation. I feel like Seth and Kofi are both approaching Brock's briefcase win as, oh, no, no, come over here, come over here, and let's have a match with me, when really they should be saying, no, I'm going to beat you so you don't have this just cloud over WWE again. I think that's Seth's motivation. But he hasn't said that either. Yeah, but like I think him storming out of this segment and then later on when he was like, you're, tr- you're a joke, you're treating this like a joke, and mm. this isn't a joke to me, this is my life. I think that's actually... I liked Seth's motivation in this, which would be a shame then if he is cashing in on Fox and he cashed in on Kofi. Yeah. Uh, So, but like, even... It's quite obvious that Kofi is in a feud with Ziggler. So the Brock Lesnar stuff of, oh, who am I going to go for? Like, that's clearly... I guess Seth's in a feud with Baron, so... But is he, though? Yeah. Corbin was just announced as a contender. Yeah. They they didn't have a a segment or anything. Um, So Brock actually comes out. Third time in nine days. Unprecedented times we're living in. And any ill will I think anyone had towards Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank briefcase was immediately pushed aside because he walked out here with the boombox, the briefcase, which actually had speakers on, dancing, smiling, walked down into the ring. He's got a T-shirt that says Brock Party on. And then he does this goofy dance. Yeah that is simultaneously very funny and terrifying. It now, was it was amazing. Okay, so I'm going to I half agree with you, Uh-oh. but I half disagree. Mm. The clips and everything I saw last week when he was just coming down and he was bopping away to the briefcase, I was like that's brilliant. This segment reeked of Vince saw that and was like, "Oh, pal, that was great, but I'll make it better." What we need to do is we need to put speakers on the briefcase itself. And we'll have you come down to the ring, but we'll stop your music to play beatbox music for you to dance to. And then you'll change the tracks on it to play Kofi's music. And you'll change the tracks on it to play Seth's music. And then when they called it the Beastbox, I was like, you've made this uncool. You took this naturally cool thing and have made it uncool. It was a 70-year-old thinking he was doing something cool and it was actually, it was, how do you do, fellow kids? It was very, very uncool, and it made me not enjoy it anymore. When he played other people's entrance music, it jarred with me a bit. But I, I just, the visual of Brock dancing, this hateable, goofy grin on his face, it's made me invested in Lesnar as a heel, like my heat goes towards him, rather than the company of being like, why do you keep booking him? I think it would be fine. <coughs> I, I, I would have kept this segment exactly how it was but without the music the music changes and beast box I think oh they, the, the calling it the beast box yeah yeah i think if you'd have just even him putting his own decals on it to make it look like a boom box i don't think that's the worst thing in the world because that does feel like a really knobbish thing to do if that was a brock decision 
This all feels very WWE, though. Mm. And that makes it instantly uncool. It's not fitting in Lesnar's character. Like, if you look at Lesnar's trajectory from the last eight years, nothing would have you believe he's going to start coming down to the ring dancing to a beatbox. Oh, yeah. Or a boombox, but it is what the, people call them. It's the best thing he's done yeah. since the mariachi band. It feels like a rejuvenation of his character, so I'm behind it. What actually jarred with me more, and this is nitpicking, when Paul Heyman started to air guitar along with Rollins' music, <laughs> yeah. and Lesnar was like, no, don't do that. And then later on, they have, a, have another, what, what are you talking about moment? I've got no interest in seeing an odd couple relationship between Heyman and Lesnar. I think they're a lot more effective when they're on the same page. It's a ruse. Remember last time? It's to make you think they're splitting up, but they're not. Oh, Brock beat Paul up. So you could think they were breaking up, and then the week before the match... It can all lead into Heyman pepper spraying Roman. Well, that's a genius idea. It's all going to lead to Heyman pepper spraying Rollins at Saudi Arabia Showdown. Yeah. Oh. Or throwing the contract at him or something. Yeah, <laughs> paper cuts. <laughs> you got Jimmy Havoc, AEW. Uh, so Seth had had enough of this and he just walked off. So Lesnar also walks off, postponing his announcement yet again. And then Dolph Ziggler attacks Kofi for the next 40 minutes. <laughs> this was a long time. Well, this was so long uh, that Xavier ran down to save him. Then Dolph, then they went to break. And then it came back and Dolph runs down they to attack Xavier. Brawling. And then they went to break again. And Kofi and Xavier in in the ring and Dolph walks up on the stage to cut a promo and cuts another promo you can tell how glazed over I was in this show because I've written here Seth attacks Kofi and I thought to myself did he? <laughs> so Dolph in his promo actually had some blood smeared over his body so someone must have got cut open mm. and he thought hey Cody just left it on his body because you know, even when Rhodes came out after the double or nothing thing, he refused to shower, so he still had his brother's blood on him mm. for the visual. Gross, <laughs> but awesome. That's exactly what Dustin, uh, Dusty Rhodes would have done back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but Ziggler had a few bits of blood on him, and I can't help but think maybe he was trying to capture a little bit of that magic. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he cuts this promo and says that um, Kofi's been worrying about Brock. You should be worrying about me. I'm going to win a super showdown. You said that Kofi's always had friends. I've always defended you, Kofi. Uh, but what happens to those fans who look up to you when I take your title? It should have been me. Should have been me. Yeah. And this didn't go anywhere for the rest of the show. No. So, so uh, three wild cards? Mm-hmm. At the moment. At the moment. Okay. I think it's always good to keep track of Yeah. Then we got, because one Brock party isn't enough, they legit did, in the next segment, the Usos block party. Yeah. I, just, I was just like, you know you were talking about overkilling something and making uncool. When I saw that the Usos were having a block party, and they actually called it a block party, I thought, what? Do you have no quality control over... The segments in your show. Yeah. Uh, There's no, a clash here. It, it was a holiday <laughs> show type thing where you have a backstage segment where people are having a party and it's all the locker room having fun well, together with the exception of EC3 who looks bloody miserable. It's not all the locker room. It's most definitely the oh, under... The, the, the losers, yeah. Undercard oh, yeah, of the locker well, yeah, room. The people who are going for the 24-7 title, which is pretty much everyone who's not in the main event picture. So the undercard locker room, some of the female wrestlers... And then just some random women. Yeah. There were just random women there. Hey, you don't know. They might be on the roster. Yeah, that's a good point. They could have been called up yeah. somewhere. 
Uh, then we got Shane McMahon comes out with Drew McIntyre, looks at the crowd and goes, nah, ah, ah. And Lacey Evans is it. Evans is it. And walks out. And then we go to an Autumn versus Triple H video package. <laughs> yeah. And then when we come back, Shane's in the ring. So he then made, he made his entrance during the promo video and then got into the ring to cut a promo. So this is what I was talking about at the start, where I like how they're keeping the show feel really dynamic, where here's a segment, here's a segment, here's a segment. This was the wrong way to do that. It just leaves me confused as a viewer. So what my question is, why didn't Drew want to be part of the Fatal 4-Way? Mm. Wasn't, like, isn't his whole character motivation to win the title? <laughs> so, On the shame. And, and beat up Seth. Yeah. So why is he then being a second to the Omni-Shane when there's a Fatal 4-Way going on for him to become the number one contender for the title he wants to win? Elimination. Sorry. Elimination Fatal 4-Way for the title that he really wants to Like, he's desperate to win. Yeah. I've got no answer for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive oversight. Uh, and so Shane cuts a promo about Roman's family, about how they're disrespectful. The crowd were bored here. Because you, you can say that for the majority of the show. Because be we're, we're an hour into the show now. They've just watched Dolph Ziggler beat up Kofi for 40 minutes. And they're like, oh, okay, we're going to get a match now. Oh, it's Shane McMahon. Which should feel like a big deal. He doesn't wrestle on TV that much. Ratings, mate. Ratings mm. above is what we're looking for. So he says he brings out a member of the Anawaii family, Roman's cousin, Lance. Lance Anawaii, uh, wearing a Roman T-shirt like an absolute geek. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even have his own merch. Um, Corey says that uh, he's going to be the breakout star of the Anawaii dynasty. Really? Yeah. They've had quite a few. <laughs> have, I don't yeah. know when you can stop saying that. Uh, but there's, basically, this <clears throat> was less of a match. It was more of an angle. And Aaron just shows like Kevin Nash booked this. Um, and... He just starts, Drew starts beating Lance up around ringside. And I did like Shane being like, no, no, Drew, stop. Oh, oh. That's enough now. That's enough now. Oh, no, he's, look, there he goes. Very sarcastic. He's trying to get Drew to stop. And then he gets rolled into the ring. Shane throws some potatoes and hits the Judas effect and locks in the triangle and wins. <laughs> um, the Judas effect was definitely meant to be a potted shot. Yeah. Uh, so, and then they, yeah, they continue to beat up Lance after the match. And about a couple of, well, about 30 seconds into that beatdown, Roman Reigns' music hits. I was like, where were you, you dick? Yeah, exactly. Like, your cousin was being beaten hither and yonder, and you were just stood in the back watching. Yeah, like, fair enough, you didn't come out immediately. I guess because Lance was like, no, I want to do this. Yeah. I don't need you out there ringside for me. I'm writing your stuff for you here, your motivation for you. And then, but when Drew starts beating them up, Roman should come down here. And try and stop this. Because he quite effectively stopped this when he did eventually come down. Why was Reigns not in his corner from the start? Yeah. I, and Drew was there. Poor old Lance. What did he think was going to happen? I felt very bad for Lance. So that, that was rubbish. The, the music did wake up the crowd, though. Roman's entrance. Yeah. A uh, Superman punched everyone. I had that with Becky's music later on. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, I felt myself sit up in my chair and go, Oh, God, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, then we got the second Brock promo of the night yep. uh, because we just had a whole minute of wrestling back to the in-ring promo stuff. Time for promo time. And they came down with a referee this time. <coughs> they pretend they're going to cash in right now. Seth Rollins comes out. Heyman starts reading through the contract and there's a clause in there where it says you've got up to a year. 
Brock grabs the contract, sort of buff, buff, buffs Paul with it, and says, I've got a whole year. I don't have to. You told me I had to decide tonight. Lol. And then he walks off. I really liked that. I like Brock not knowing what the rules are and then suddenly finding out, I was like, oh, wait, I don't have to make it. I've got a whole year. Oh, I'm not doing it now then. Mm. This is this is hilarious. I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing. Your homework. (laughs) Oh, oh, I've got till next month. Oh, brilliant. It was funny, but it just if you just look at it or think about it for a second, it falls apart well, that, completely. That's your problem, right? There. Yeah, 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 that's my. I'm just, you know, want, holding it to a higher standard <laughs> yeah. of making sense. Because Brock had the Money in the Bank briefcase cashed in on him by Seth Rollins. He doesn't know they're the same person. That lad had yellow hair. He, doesn't he had know a little that. bit of yellow hair. Yeah, but it's a different bloke, isn't it? <sighs> so I thought I was just, um, although it was funny, they. It, I, I, I was more infuriated than laughing. And then Seth is just left there like a lemon in the ring. So what, what happens here? Really, I guess, it's a hard thing to write yourself out of because it's pretty crap. So I guess Seth just runs after him and brawls. Right? But they don't know how to end the segment. So, thankfully, they've got a 24-7 title that they can now use as a segment booking crutch whenever they like... Oh, I don't know how to end this. Boom, our truth runs in, and then a load of jobbers chase after him. Absolutely. So lazy. So, yeah, truth runs through the crowd with Carmella. So, I guess they are the fourth and fifth wild cards of the evening. No, no, the 24 7 title is transferable. They're like well, the so, iconics. But, okay, so Carmella's four then. She's not. Ah, uh, yeah, Carmella's four, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they get chased by the undercard. I, I was really sad that Cedric Alexander was a part of it. Mm hmm. It's when I see certain wrestlers in these segments, I just feel bad for them. It's like when Robert Roode won it, I was like, I don't want you to be winning this belt. I want you to be way above this belt. When I saw them, I just thought, well, who's at the Usos party then? (laughs) Everyone Everyone just just run out. That's right, they all went back. After this, we got AJ Styles backstage in a trainer's room with Charlie Caruso. Charlie Caruso's like, why are you so sad, you stupid dumb face? (laughs) And AJ goes, I really hurt my back. Yeah, I can't wrestle for a bit. Is it because it's dumb? Is it it because you've got a dumb, stupid back? (laughs) AJ, what are you doing here? (laughs) And Baron Corbin runs in and punches him in the face. Which makes me think that Corbin's feuding with AJ. Mm. And we're going to lead to a AJ Corbin match at Stomping Ground or... Backlash or whichever one it is that's coming up next. Extreme ground. There you go. Stomping rules. <laughs> Capital punishment, whichever <laughs> baby they got next. And and so we can then just do this as a one-off thing with Corbin and we can move him on into other quote-unquote main event programs. Mm. PW Insider reported that Styles wasn't actually here. Yes. This was taped in advance. Well, Mantis <coughs> said that he was there because I think oh. that that came like that report came up before Raw had aired, but he was banged up. Mm. That's that's their reports. They don't know the injury, but he's just banged up, which is actually what Meltzer has been reporting for the majority of this year saying that he's looking to take some time off after Mania because he's hurt at the moment. He's working hurt, uh, which Styles denied, but I think it looks to be he is taking some time yeah. off now. Not a massive amount of time though. Um, then we got Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. And Becky Lynch, yeah, her music, the crowd reacted Ooh, great God, to yeah. her. And I was like, because Becky Lynch came out, then ad break, then the Iconics were there. And I was like, oh, okay, so what match is this? And I was like, oh, there's Nikki Cross. Where's Alexa Bliss? <laughs> so she's Alexa Bliss isn't here. So Cross is normal Cross again. And I just thought it was 
I, she's on the moon. What, isn't I don't she? know what to tell you. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. They've they've had a, a lot of time to try and figure this out, and this is what they've come up with. Mm. And it was an okay match with a debut finish from Becky Lynch. The, the mat, what's it called? The I, manhandle I, slam. See, I, re- I thought it was just the man slam. Mm. That's what they'd said, but it's the manhandle slam. The pump handle man. Oh, for God's sake. I, it could have been good if she had jumped with the move because it just looked like Peyton Royce fell over. Well, yeah, it looks like it's a rubbish rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a rubbish rock bottom. <laughs> but first time taking it. Maybe that was more Peyton than than Becky. Or... And I, was, I said this on Twitter as well. I'm just glad <coughs> she's got a slam based finisher rather than always having to rely on tap out finishes. Mm. I think having a slam based or an impact based move is also good to have in your repertoire and that yeah. people can get behind. So I'm all for that. Not behind the iconics losing all the time, but it is. I almost want to like try and find all those people that said that you and I were being so negative when we said that Becky's lost all momentum because. Look at her now. You know what I want to do? I want to find all the people who said, no, Lacey Evans is a good idea. (laughs) She she won't get stuck in a feud with Becky Lynch over the Raw Women's title for the next three months. Hello, yeah, right here. Yeah, okay, so nice to meet you too. So that's exactly what's happening. And Lacey Evans walked out at the end of this match, did a Shane McMahon, and just walked back out again. Allow me to say, I was wrong. Mm. I genuinely thought this would be a one-month thing. But then again... I thought we were getting Becky two belts for a while because there was money to be made there. There was stuff you could do there. But uh, no, apparently they just wanted her to be Becky one belt and <coughs> feud with Lacey Evans for eternity. Yeah. So I was wrong. Um, we cut back to the Usos party after this. Naomi and Tamina square off. No one huggier than Tamina by the yeah. of things. And I thought, hello, looks like we're going to get a proper feud here. Something everyone <laughs> wants to see. Naomi versus Tamina, the former welcoming committee Tamina. The welcoming committee implodes. Oh, and uh, no, Naomi was never in the welcoming committee. No, oh, no, she's on the other side. No, they were part of a classic feud. They were part of Team Bad, though. Oh, were they? Yeah, with Sasha Banks, right? Yeah. I think it was, I think it was those three. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll Google that live. <laughs> and Naomi, like, they ended up hugging, so... Tamina heel uh, face turn. I forgot Nia Jax existed. Yeah, and oh, that's, oh, yeah, it was that, Naomi Tamina Sashbanks. That's saying something because I love Nia Jax. She's my best friend. She is your best friend, but um, yeah, uh, Tamina baby face turn. It's the one thing we didn't really need because <laughs> you know, we have a distinct lack of female heels. It's Lacey Evans now. I think is the only heel they've got on that roster because yeah. Alexa's a baby face now, right? It depends. Yeah. What? Yeah. That, that flip-flops a lot. Uh, then the Revival show up. Naomi says that she invited them because heh, this is a wrestling show. Everyone should get on. Let's squash the beef by playing Cornhole. party games. Cornhole, is that what That's it's what called? called? Yeah, I played it in Canada. It's a great game. What is it? So you have a beanbag and you have a board and there's a hole in the end. And the idea is to get the beanbag into the hole. But you can also right. get the beanbags onto the board and then use your other beanbags to knock them into the hole. But you don't want to knock your opponent's beanbags into the hole sure. either. Okay. Well, it's good. I'm yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, out, of the, out of that and the great Usos revival TV match last week, I think I want to see the wrestling match rather than the cornhole one. No? Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, I had a quick Google of cornhole. There's apparently some really good videos for it on YouTube. Um, Ricochet versus Cesaro next, which was 
a cracking bout. Absolutely it was. Crowd. Only took us hour 45 to get into it. <laughs> Crowd were dead, though. Could mm. not have cared less <laughs> by the looks of it. Because they've been killed by in-ring segment after in-ring segment. Uh, the, the last week's match seemed to be very good, but the majority of it was in commercial breaks. You'll appreciate this because you have to go through the image galleries. <laughs> the, the TV match lasted five minutes and probably eight moves. I went on to the WWE.com gallery, 52 images. <laughs> because it was an incredible match, but they didn't put it on TV. Oh no, but no one wants to see the wrestling. They want to see promos. They want to see the soap opera storylines. Anyway, this was so Did good. You get a good mix uh, so, like the relationship between Cesaro and Ricochet in terms of Cesaro being allowed to do these, like he's a good base to throw people up in the air and Ricochet can actually physically yeah. fly. And the, there were so many inventive moves. My favourite, I know the finish was very inventive and a lot of people are talking about that, but I loved Ricochet missing his 6.30 yes. because Cesaro rolled out the way. He gets up and Cesaro's already running into him and hits this uppercut. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh. Loved it. Absolutely yeah. awesome. It was a really good match. Ricochet won 50-50 booking. Cesaro won last week. Uh, Ricochet was selling his money in the bank injuries then. But like these two guys are so good, this should they should be building towards a pay-per-view match together. And in the interim, they have matches against other guys where they win. We got this with Rain Andrade last year, where it was just or was it this year? Rain Andrade having these series of really good matches on TV that we kept thinking was going to build to a pay-per-view match that just never happened. And I think that's what we're getting again here. They're just going to have matches and it's not going to build to anything. Yeah. Um, US title announcement, we've already uh, referred to it. They were meant to, Rey Mysterio was advertised last week to come out and give a state of the US title address because he's got a shoulder injury. He was going to vacate it. But that didn't happen. No, not even an explanation. <coughs> they just pretended that was never announced last week and just said, oh yeah, it's, it's happening next week. Yeah, but Joe came out and said... Well, he'll give it to me and do the right thing. Which makes Joe look stupid as well. Why, look, why can't Joe just come out and say, no, you said it was going to be this week? Because Ray's scared of because me. Because they're pretending it didn't get announced last week. But if you had to drop it for whatever reason, and God knows there was a lot of stuff you could have cut on this show to make time for it if it was a timing issue, then you could have turned that into a story. That's not the point. They just yeah. wanted you to forget that it happened. Probably wasn't on the Hulu version. Uh, so Usos were playing games with the Revival, and then Miz reveals he's having a baby girl. And then we got <laughs> the, the four-way match, which we've already talked I've about. I've just written here, Sami Zayn on the electric chair? Question mark. Is that next? Oh, right, no, yeah. Because they advertised the... it. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Sami Zayn on the electric chair. The Syrian guy. <laughs> Before the show in Saudi Arabia. <sighs> Anyway, do you want to talk about Firefly Funhouse? Let's skip past that. Yep. Um, well, actually, before that, the Revival and the Usos were still playing games. Our truth runs in, and everyone tries to pin him. And that's the end of that Usos block party run of skits. Yeah. Well, the, no, it's, it ends with Dawson, che he cheated. No, 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 it was, it was in that segment. Right. So Dawson cheated... But then our truth ran in. Oh, yeah, but it was all to say, again, don't know how to end this segment. Yes. Sorry, right, we'll just have a wild truth. Exactly. Um, but then, yes, the Firefly Funhouse, which, low-key, I think is one of the best ones they've done. Yeah. This was so great. This is awesome. So off of the back of the, the Fiend reveal last week, his new 
Was that last week or it was, it was just two a, weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. It was just like a an extended opening credit sequence last week. Bray is back in the Firefly Funhouse set, which I keep calling Flunhouse. <laughs> and it really, I, I had to retake that so many times in today's <laughs> review. Uh, and, and Bray's like, he's got a paper plate over his face with the fiend drawn on it. He reveals that it's called the fiend and the fiend is here to protect us. And everyone finds it hard to be confident and brave, I don't they? Brave. Yeah. But when I'm the fiend, I can do anything. And then this is this is where I really thought this stepped up a, a level of complexity, where Bray, Sister Abigail, starts kind of having a go, having a moan at Bray. And Bray goes over and is like, oh, what are you talking about, Sister Abigail? And up until now, Abigail has been quite a bullying force. And Bray even turns into a, a doctor and says, oh, your diagnosis is you're a bully. And then Abigail goes, I just want to rest. Just let me rest. And then it completely changes the dynamic where Abigail hasn't been the one tormenting Bray. It's been Bray who's been keeping these spirits or whatever inside his head, refusing to let them go because he's insane. Yeah, it's really, really great stuff. I thought it was amazing. And then Abigail complained of being in limbo. And Bray's like, did someone say limbo? limbo? (laughs) Can appreciate a segue. And then out of nowhere, two kids are just holding... A pole. Oh, the one of the kids is so small. He's basically on his tiptoes with his hands above his head, trying to hold it up. And Bray just—I'm like—I completely forgot this. This could have happened. He was so smart. I just thought he was going to do a, a Hermes-style limbo thing, but he didn't. He did the old crab walk from his Wyatt family days—the creepy reverse crab walk. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was brilliant. It was rad. It was really, really great. As you say, I love that stuff with Abby, the complexity that is sort of added to this, and it adds like a whole more terrifying layer to this whole ordeal. I think it's so, so interesting. Yeah. And it's kind of funny as well because it's the the Fiend is almost like Demon Balor mm-hmm. in the sense that Balor always says, I become a different person when I'm the Demon. But they've never really given a reason for that previously it was just that i do this because it's a pay-per-view and then it was like no no it's a character piece but we won't actually do any character piece behind it we'll just say you are the demon now you bring it out for special occasions like baron corbin but not brock lesnar and but this here it all feels like it makes sense that he has to become this character in order to be brave and find his confidence and that's really interesting i loved it that it was great yeah yeah it's Consistently one of the best things in WWE. Uh, I And surprise, surprise, it's one of the only things they've handed creative control over largely to the wrestler and a few producers. That's what I was going to say, yeah. The key to that is it's the wrestler that's driving it. Something that seems to have come directly from the mind of Vince McMahon, though, is what we had next. Corey Graves' new segment, because it's the third hour of Raw, it's a little bit mean, it's a little bit dirty, as Mick Foley promised last week, and a little bit underlit in the crowd. And also, the Raw Titantron is now black. Oh, with, really? With red text. Yeah. I didn't... And it's, it's also on the LED board as well. So it is... The third hour is Raw After Dark. Yeah. And... In Vince's mind, presumably. Ooh, scary. Here's an old-school electric chair with the straps and the thing you put on your head. I thought they were going to strap him into it. 
I d- yeah, like, I thought... So the idea is, Corey Graves hosts an in-ring segment where a different WWE star comes down every week, sits in this electric chair, and the audience are allowed to ask any question. And do you have all the WWE backstage interviews you could have hoped for. <laughs> Charlie Caruso was in the crowd. Kayla Braxton was in the crowd. Not Renee Young was in the crowd. It was amazing. It was I've never amazing. seen them all together in the same place. <laughs> I always thought there was a possibility they might have been the same person. Oh, yeah. So this was wonderful proof. However, when they said the electric chair, I just assumed, oh, okay, I see where this is going. If they don't answer a question properly they'll get shocked. That's what I thought they might do. I was going to say, when they, I saw the three of them were there together, it did make me think of, just like, how is he going to do this alone? He's got help. Yeah. And they had, like, the Avengers around with him. Um, but they didn't even do that. No. Okay, so here's the, the deal with this. According to, to Melter and Alvarez, the... Um, they they were real fans. They were not planted fans. So they were genuine fans. But the they question were marks. the question that they asked was screened ahead of time. So they would say like, "What question are you going to ask?" Yeah, I'm going to ask this. Okay, that's fine. We vet that, and then just got to hope that they then don't change their mind and ask something else, which I really feel is a recipe for disaster. Chris Benoit's happening. Oh, Chris Benoit Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourite things ever is just before NXT TakeOver London, because well, we were there and everyone was like, everyone's got to be quiet for Triple H's. Because it was when he used to do the welcome to NXT or whatever he used to say and yeah. everything was dark and then the lights would come up. And everyone was playing really, but they were really well behaved. Everyone was silent. Five, four, three, two. Chris Benoit! <laughs> <laughs> like just one guy yells. <laughs> But it also reminds me, we had an email in from uh, one of our regular podswafters, Jaron Walker, <laughs> who said that at the, I think it was the Raw after WrestleMania, they were doing this whole thing where they were going around and like interviewing people with signs. And they like brought up people with signs to get like, who are you cheering for today? And there was someone who had a sign that said, is it too soon to start booing Roman? <laughs> and they were... <laughs> They obviously hadn't vetted that sign ahead of time. And they're like, well, quickly, let's move past yeah. this. Oh, Something no, 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 no. else. So, yeah, so the questions were vetted ahead of time. That's mm. why they were, when is your retirement date? Do you miss ginger snaps? That one was cute because that one was from a, a young girl. And that was, yeah, I didn't, I forgot ginger snaps was a thing. It was Sammy and Becky yep. in Mixed Match Challenge. Was she was probably the only person who watched it. They, they found that one yeah. person, that person on Facebook watch. And, and the, but she she tried to go into business for herself. <laughs> yeah, she got a problem with the crowd popped for it, but I didn't know what she said. Right, right. So what from what I can tell happened, she asked that and Sammy was like, bah, bah, bah. Where are your parents? Yeah, we like I yeah, just trash talked her. And then it cut back to them and she tried to say something, but Kayla Braxton was like, No, <laughs> And how about you, kid? Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to speak. She and held like, up her title belt and everything. That poor Kayla, like, must be thinking, I'm going to get fired if this girl talks anymore. Dasha got fired for saying the word wrong. I can't lose this job. Like, you are in a position where you either steal a microphone out of a girl's hand or are at risk of insane backstage heat from the yeah. crowd. Imagine if the girl just said, what about AEW? <laughs> you ginger prick. <laughs> Oh, we are in that third hour. <laughs> yeah. And we got uh, someone said, like, what does it feel when Braun Strowman destroys you? Woo. Oh. And then the last guy just kind of forgot his question and then said, uh, oh, why have you not won the title yet? 
because he's not booked that way. Please, please. Obviously, don't say Chris Benoit. I think that's too far. But if anyone gets into this program... Is it too soon to start booing Roman? <laughs> <laughs> that's too much as well. But I, don't, I can't... Yeah, but comment below or in the super chat. Just like, what do you think would be the best nice troll that we could do? <laughs> support WrestleTalk. Yeah, support WrestleTalk is good. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but the key to all of mm, this... Mm. Is that Sammy said, you could ask me anything you want. You could have asked me what kind of lover I am. I'm a very gentle one, as it happens. You could ask me anything you want. You could ask me about AEW. And the crowd went, ooh, and a small portion did an AEW chant. And the story goes is that this was scripted. This was signed off. This was written by a writer. Vince signed off on it. And Sammy was told to say this. However, Brian Alvarez was told by a different writer that it wasn't scripted and it was off the cuff. And then what they've just kind of like what they're speculating is, is that WWE have told the writers who they know are leaking things to the Dutchies, tell them it's script, tell them it's not scripted. And we're also telling the boys in the back that it's not scripted as well. We're trying to work everyone and create the sort of like work environment where people think that you can just sort of say these things and you might not get in trouble or something along these lines. But to quote the writer that told Meltzer that it was scripted, he, he called it so effing stupid. <laughs> because that's why they're doing this. There's no... It's, it was such a weird moment. Because I thought, oh, okay, so he said the letters. Now he's going to say something nasty about them. Or someone else is going to do something. Do, you know, this is like, of course they would. Because Triple H, they, they destroyed the guy's throne. You can't destroy a man's throne. Yeah. And they never followed up on it, not with a negative slight or anything. So it was just free advertising. And WWE, still to this day, very rarely say TNA. That is a very recent thing. You said it once. Long after TNA have ceased to be a threat. But AEW is really quite a real threat. And it's got a lot of momentum. Yeah. And it's two days after their first official show. But I also think where you screen questions, I think this is actually kind of smart in a way. You screen questions to make sure they're all WWE based. And then the last thing you have the guys say is like, no one thought to ask me about AEW. Because then to that audience it perceives, no one was even conscious of what AEW is, which is why they didn't ask. Well, I don't think that is smart. I think that's actually very dumb because it's just going to make people Google it. No, 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 but, no, but the, no, my point is, is that it's so then to the sort of casual eye, yeah. it looks like, well, none of these people know what it is anyway. So why would I care? I, I don't. Yeah. I think that's the theory behind it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I could see how someone would come to that understanding, like or, or like that be their aim. But I don't think it's a good idea. No, Not I even would, I, would, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was very weird. Seth Rollins then came down immediately because one of the questions was, why haven't you won the Universal Championship yet? And Sami was like, I can win it whenever. So Seth comes down to fight Sami Zayn. He throws the chair out the ring, probably like, not doing that again. <laughs> well, Renee did say, well, that's that segment done. We only had one of them. Right, so is that that it? Well, that's what, Re well, I'm only going by what Renee said, which granted mm. is, I'm not sure that's worth the paper it's oh printed my. on. Oh, but... <laughs> I, I said, we haven't really talked about it, but I, it's got to be intentional, right? That, the electric chair, Sami Zayn, Super Showdown on Friday. No, I just think they think it's like, you know, Ernest goes to jail. It's just, it's it's dark and gritty. Well, then someone should have Look said... Look at the Green Mile. 
someone should have said, do you think this is a bad idea? <laughs> do you think this isn't the best PR look for us? I guarantee you someone did. I just look. Shut up, pal. Take your Emmy off the table. In politics, everyone is so worried about being photographed with the wrong thing behind them. And if you've got a very political sensitive situation, politically sensitive situation like you have with WWE going to Saudi Arabia, to the extent where Saudi Arabia is not allowed to be said on WWE TV, it's all super showdown this. They don't it's mention an international the, show. Yeah, they don't mention the country anymore. Then to run an angle with the guy who isn't going to Saudi Arabia, reportedly because of his Syrian descent, and to put him in a form of corporal punishment, I just seem, I just think it's very short-sighted. Like, maybe you didn't mean it intentionally, but then you should go, oh, people could make fun of us, or John Oliver could easily do half an hour on this. Mm-hmm. Like, what, how do you not see that and just go, oh, let's just do it something else? Yeah. Just call it the hot seat and hot, have a yeah. very hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it led to our main event, which was Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins. Crowd were pretty quiet for, for this one. Yeah. But they went long. They had a good match. It was um, just in front of a crowd that couldn't care because they'd been given a <laughs> very, very lackluster show. Plus, and I thought, yeah, of course, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins are going to have at least an average to very good match. But Sammy hasn't won anything. The only time he's won, to my recollection, that matters is when Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre did it for him. And he has no wrestling momentum. He's got a lot of promo momentum, and I think his character's on fire at the moment. But in terms of wins, he's done absolutely nothing. So why would you suddenly buy him in a match against the Universal Champion? And taking him to the limit as well. And, like, you know, getting him on one... Granted, Seth injured his own leg. But Sammy was then targeting that leg and doing the figure four and things like that and going after it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. But yeah, the crowd absolutely just could not care. I did like Seth doing his one-legged frog splash, though. I thought that was pretty smart. And, the, and Sammy getting the knees up. Sort of nice stuff in this. And then Sammy, uh, Sammy rolls back in the ring and gets hit by the stomp. And you have Rollins shout, this is my life. And then he hits the stomp for, for the win. Key to this, though, is that at the start of the match, they showed Brock Lesnar was backstage, still backstage, with his beast he box. Backstage. They filmed him. And then, like, you got three minutes of me? Yeah, cool, I'm going home now. Yeah. Just play that intermittently throughout the night. It's like a Scooby-Doo background. Yes. <laughs> just got the one thing, we'll just rotoscope it round. I bet if you watch it back, it was probably the same clip. Yeah, that's what I mean. Plant pop. Yeah, Plant yeah, pop. Yeah, yeah. Picture frame. <laughs> um, and anyway, yeah, and... So they were teasing throughout this whole match. They were really hammering home this point. Brock could cash in. Mm. Brock, Stick with us, folks. Brock Lesnar could cash in here. You've got to stick around. Brock Lesnar might cash in here. And that's why they kept setting up throughout that whole era that, that, that Brock's still here. And then Seth just wins and the show wins. And that was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the show. Um, I, the only other thing I'd add is I'd like Seth to sell the shoulder once. Something yeah. other than the knee. I'm, I'm a bit over Seth selling the knee in the match. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking while we were chatting away about that, though? I was really thinking back to Cody and the throne. And I was just thinking, like, it's just He-Man, isn't it? Mm. It's literally like Cody Rhodes is He-Man going up against the King of Kings, Skeletor. And over the throne of Eternia. The Skeleton King. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I thought it was a, 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 a pretty atrocious show. But nothing offended me to the extent where I would give it a one out of five. I was just bored. Yeah, so I I, go, I went two out of five. Yeah, I'd, I'd have probably said two out of five. A high ball. Oh, dick, dick.
Let's rattle through some su- 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 super chats. Yes, Randy, Andy, that's we em. have like genuinely more than we ever had. Oh, nice. So uh, let's be very quick. Kian <laughs> Harvey starts us off with AW equals change the world, Raw equals change the channel. I've seen a lot of people say that's, that's good. That's a good catchphrase. Good. I like it. AW should run with that. <laughs> yeah. Raw 34 says, okay, so MJF is the best heel, but Corbin is second. No. Oh, no, they're no. not even on the same level. Absolutely. I mean, like Samoa Joe's a better heel than, than Corbin. There's plenty more. Yeah. And uh, I like Corbin. Ray Kiri says, Brock and Baron gave me dysentery. That is all. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Uh, <laughs> Robert Harmon says, could we see a Brock title unification story? Ugh. Oh, what? With both the Universal and mm. WWE titles? No, I don't think so. I mean, unless the networks demand it. Yeah, just one mm. title. And that's, that's what it's going to be. Okay. It's like USA and Fox decide that they want that. And then you could have the top champion not on either show. <laughs> Uh, Josh Paulson says Sami Zayn mentioned AW on the electric chair segment uh, brackets hashtag rawful yeah it's close it was just boring though rather yeah. than oh yeah terrible Boar's not the bottom rating anymore is it sorry a high yeah. rawful then uh, Danny your boy DeVito says Corbin to AW so they can build the mid card around him <laughs> even AW cannot escape the pull Baron Corbin's mid-card vortex. Uh, Jeremy Bell says, I have the flu and can't work for the week. I blame Ollie's unprotected coughing. (laughs) That is how germs work. I'm sorry, everyone, who got sick through listening to the infected binary code that came out of your phone. Uh, Dematic the Ghost says, Bray Wyatt and R-Truth are saving Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. I'm not sure R-Truth is, but Bray Bray certainly is. Not this week, but Truth was good, good... Good value for money last week. I think Drake's the unsung hero of the 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anton H says, AW will be buying what's left of WWE in five years. No, no. no. That's, that's fun, fun thinking, but let, no. let, let's Let's walk before we can crawl. <laughs> no, let's crawl before uh, we can crawl walk. Before walk, walk. Thanks. Uh, Isn't it walk tra- before we can run? I think you can do either of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Trenton Brown says, you'll get uh, Triple H's AW response on NXT probably. Well, certainly on this week, it's already been taped, but maybe it's uh, at 25. Yeah. 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 I wonder what he's going to do. Destroy a Stardust outfit. That's what you said, wasn't it? Sorry. You used your joke. I copyrighted that. (laughs) Uh, BJ Udster says uh, If AJ Lee returned, who would you want to see her face the most? If, oh, AJ Lee. Sorry, I thought you meant AJ Styles. No. Mm. He's he's still here, isn't he? And Moon, I think. Um, Becky? Hmm. Speaking of which, what about the man bottom for her, uh, <laughs> her finisher? I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the man yeah. bottom. Man bottom. Actually, very... I prefer that to the man handle sound, which is a dreadful, dreadful name, by Again, the way. Again, that, that was my copyright, <laughs> so no one else takes it. <laughs> I'm going to go for uh, uh, Sasha Banks. Myron <laughs> uh, Siron says, thank you for the great content, legends. Hashtag respect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Carly Strayer says, anything going on, anything going to happen to Sammy for saying AEW? Well, what? no, it's a scripted line. Yeah, I, I, there's no way he would have said it no. if it wasn't scripted. No. Um, and Sony Viola says, I 100% predicted Baron winning LOL. I think yep. it was the only option, really, in that, of those four. Because Braun and Bobby are having a match at Super Showdown, which sort of took them out of the running automatically. Yeah, rather telegraphed it. Yeah. And Miz... He's having a beautiful baby girl. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so much better than the Universal Championship. I wish I could feel the emotion of love. I'm still on Tinder. I don't know what love is. 
Bobby Mincy says, maybe Braun's biggest weakness slash soft spot is kids. <laughs> no, 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 because he killed some, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, but he tagged with one and won the titles with them. Yeah, yeah, but he did also kill the ones <laughs> in the treehouse. But he was a kid back then. That's true. I it's, forgot all about that. Yeah, Braun is a murderer. Yeah, that's he canon. is. Yeah, that's canon. That's canon. Yeah, he, killed, um, he killed some kids. <laughs> and, but Bray White's the demented one. Yeah. Well, he brought them in. That's true, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually broke him out of prison. Um, Adam Pearson says, Ollie, if we all got you a new jacket, would you wear it? I've, I've got to stay true to the stipulation, I'm afraid. Yeah, he's I not can't. Shawn Michaels over th- here. Th- thanks, thanks for the offer, but, you know, I lost that fair and square. I like your new show, by the way, Adam. I watched it over the weekend. Uh, Raw, so did I. Raw 34 says, WE dies, AEW gets lazy, cycle continues. I hope both companies stick around and improve. Anyone that wants WWE to die is just silly. Yeah, yeah. Competition is best for everyone. Yeah. That's why we like Cultaholic. Uh, Jeffrey Pridemore says, uh, Brock versus Hiroki Sumi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was that big... He was the, the Yokozuna replacement mm. oh, at uh, yeah, the Great yeah. Royal Rumble. <laughs> By the way... He's not still with the company, I was, is he? I have no idea. I don't think he was with the company at the no. time. I think, to, that, to this day, that's my favourite backstage story of the last five years. <laughs> I, I think it's the funniest thing ever. That he wanted the, the he wanted Yokozuna and the Ultimate Warrior, and so they just put Hiroki Sumi and Mojo Rawley in there. Look, look, pal! It's, it's Yokozuna, yeah. I look different in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera really changed. Um, Louise Marie says, "Do you think Sammy's AEW was scripted or not?" Uh, it's, uh, well, uh, from what we can gather, it's scripted. I well, think it's definitely scripted. Yeah. I don't think they would have let him no, dick no. away with it. Uh, Chris Wilson says, Susu Super Chat. So thank you, Chris. Uh, Game Fanatic says, Seriously, Raw, where were all the deadlifts? <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. No deadlifts. Uh, one mm, out of five. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, the true Stevie K says, "No question, just a bit of a fi- just a bit of fiscal support." Oh, thank oh, you very thank much. You. Very kind Cheers. of you, uh, J- Pasanen. I'm f- sorry for this, Luke, but he says, "I want Luke uh, Luke Big O Owen underwear." <laughs> cool. Yeah. The Big O. The Big O. Just mm. the hole in the middle. Uh, Sean Turner in the man says, <laughs> uh, "What is your thought of Bailey?" St- He's asking me what I think of oh, Bailey Sting. Oh no! I I think it's fine. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, Nicola Villegas says, uh, or Villegas possibly, man, John Moxley promo video to New Japan was better than Raw this week. Uh, New, New Japan yeah, that's exciting. Awesome. Yeah, 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 that he's going to New Japan it's for like next least, week as well. Yeah, Facing for the next Drew few Robinson. months. Yeah, mm. that's going to be great. Uh, Limps Tomo fan says, uh, not sure, but maybe when Trips controls WB, it'll be a friendly battle between him and Cody. After all, the caliber of shows under Triple H are gold. Cheers, buds. I think everyone's overlooking how ruthless Triple H probably is as a businessman and in real life. Oh, yeah. There was a reason why he was world champion forever. Yeah. Like, do you remember how much everyone used to hate him before NXT? <laughs> yeah. He's just changed the perception. I, I don't, he, I don't he think rewrote, much has changed underneath. He just rewrote the script. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lee Morgan, thank you for your donation. Thank you. Insolent Crow says, honestly, after his reign of the Universal title, Brock has... Extreme X Pack heat for me. Go away, Brock. Go away. <laughs> but he's got a beast box now. Yeah. Uh, Tim Arendt says, Do you reckon WD will be stupid enough to have Bray's first title be the 24 7 title when he finally did <laughs> in the ring? <laughs> Abigail should win it. Mm. At some point. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And um, Bird Raptor. Rampant Rabbit as well. 
Yeah, well, he's not over. No. Bird raptor it's not called rampant rabbit. It's <laughs> something quite different. <laughs> Rambling rabbit. Oh, sh- a rampant rabbit <laughs> is, is what me and, you know... Luke just went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot. Sorry I about just, that. Yeah, I just hear it so often. Um, start recording says, do you think Tyler Breeze will resurface into Raw or SmackDown with a nice push after his stint <laughs> in NXT? Surely that's what comes after, right? Yeah. We can no. all hope. No. Uh, Seth M says, do you think WWE will start taking direct shots at AEW? I think this was today. Mm. I think well, I think that's their idea of a direction yeah. anyway. Um, Wait till they get on TV. BM Chamblay says AW champion vacant may capture the US title. Yeah, he's having a really good year. Every year, really mm. vacant, mm. vacant multi championship reigns. Yeah. Uh, Danny, he's your the boy, true wild card. Yeah. Devito says reminder: Brock was IWGP champ and stripped of it. He was. Yeah. 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 Marco Perez. So Marco Perez, thank you for your lovely donation. Thank, thank you. you. Stan Man two 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 says theory Moxley is a mole sent to infiltrate AEW. Yes, what everyone said about uh, Nash and <laughs> Hall as well. That work. they were also they were sent to WCW by the WWF, uh, and so was Vince Russo. Vince Russo was sent oh. to destroy the company. Mm. Mm. Yeah, what's more likely <laughs> uh, that he left because he was creatively frustrated and he went to this place where he could do PG, uh, TV fourteen stuff? Yeah. Or it's an elaborate ruse. Mm. Uh, Trenton Brown says, I think the Brog segment teeters on being good. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I liked, I, liked yeah. The, I liked the Brock character stuff. Mm. Yes, that's, yeah, I would certainly say that. That's why I half agree. I think the mm. character stuff's very good. Tomo says, Tomo. I Tomo. still can't believe that Dolph's attacking Kofi and Xavier went for three decades uh, and then <laughs> said something about being over. Uh, <laughs> Devin Banks says, I think MJF is what EC3 was supposed to be. Yeah, that's that's not. Yeah, well, EC3 could. It was never supposed to be anything. They never let him talk. No. The gimmick was that he was a mute. Yeah. What was the first thing you said again? Mandy. I said Mandy. <laughs> I thought it was Peyton. In yeah, a pre-show Mandy. skit. Yeah. Um, start recording. Says is yeah, Alistair Black. He going beat to be... Dean Ambrose. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. He did. That was this year. I know, but Dean won the. He got the win back the following week, though, so it kind of nullified. That was his only win, I think, mm. over EC3. Uh, yeah, start recording says Black to be face or heel. Tweener, I hope. Yeah, I hope Tweener. Yeah. So baby face, really, if it's, if it's yeah. a Tweener. John uh, Turner, who is Bailey Stingman. Don't <laughs> worry, Ollie. He just says the person that attacked Sammy also threw the pie at Kevin Owens. Yeah, he's, he's going against those former Ring of Honor guys, although Sami Zayn only ever wrestled in NXT. He certainly did, yeah. Mm. Uh, Jobber JJ, jobbers are not losers. We have a 24-7 belt with while Corbin is in the main event. Who's the real loser? <laughs> wow. Yeah. When you're right, you're right. The viewer. Uh, sorry for any noise you can hear. There is some drilling going on. Yeah, it was um, about, we were meant to be done by 4 p.m., so they mm. probably started again. Uh, we've got... a Still a few more, but I'll rattle through them as quick as I can. Uh, C Rock, thank you very much for your lovely donation. Jobber JJ says jobbers are saving Monday nights. Uh, Raw thirty four says Baron punched that. You can do it. Come on, man. No, he's just said you got this. I, th- I, I don't think it's PC. Oh, okay. Baron punched AJ far- AJ Styles in the face. Woo. Right. Uh, yes, he Jer- did. Jer Personen, uh says Luke and Ollie hug it out. Oh. Uh, Ah. <laughs> uh, you smell delicious. Thanks, man. Uh, Evie Duran says, Hi, all. I missed the uh, 
Double or Nothing stream, my day two of six streams celebrating Wrestle Talk. Ollie Davis is the best. Thank you for making this channel amazing. It's pretty good, isn't it? IMS level. <laughs> mm. Only after moaning about it. Looks like you're no longer top of Wrestle League. Uh, start recording Cesaro value AJ Styles feud, please. No, oh, what versus, was that, sorry? Sorry. Yeah, you know, he did say he did a typo. So Cesaro versus AJ Styles feud, please. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be great. Right. Amazing. All over that. Yeah. Uh, Limps says, Tomo's friggin' rich. You spent <laughs> so much money to say that. Tomo. Uh, he actually calculated how much he spent last, but I'll tell you afterwards. Um, Nate Dropped Surname says, they had to divert the lighting to power the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But that means you could like... You could yeah. like make everything dip like when it, you get shocked. Like TNA when they had that electric steel cage ah. match. <laughs> the lights get out. <laughs> we thought they could be competition at one it's point. It's obviously a sound effect. <laughs> um, Neil T says, Ollie, what question would you have asked Sami Zayn? Where is El Generico? <laughs> he tweeted about three months ago. Mm. Uh, Zornis says, the demon was explained in XT. It was said it costs Balor to turn into the demon. I know it doesn't explain Baron, but not Brock is worth the cost. Yeah, uh, but it costs him what? Money? Everything. Everything. <laughs> um, Robert Steedley says, how about the best of five between Ricochet and Cesaro? That's literally how the bar came into... Oh, you've had that one before. Nope, incorrect. It was the best of seven. Yeah, it was. Check, uh, you, check your own joke <laughs> next Reen, time. Reen, possibly, or I think probably Renee, says, any angles you want back... Uh, for example, Mojo EC3 on TV, lol. Any angles? Yeah, so angles that they've started but haven't really right. paid off on. I, the Mojo stuff, yeah, sure. Um, Without the electric Ke stuff. No, I like Taserface. Kevin Owens as the New Day. Yes, that's the, yeah, great answer. Great answer. Uh, <laughs> in response to you asking what would you have asked Sammy uh, Zane, Sean Turner says, obviously the best question, when is fe female Bailey Sting coming? I think it's female Bailey Singh. You know so what? Yes. <laughs> Just if if they do another segment, someone ask that. Where's Bailey Sting? <laughs> that that will bring me is a lot more joy more? than support wrestle talk. Uh, Jobber JJ says, my question for Sammy is, who hanged you at Money in the Bank? Well, yeah. he would have known surely, mm. oh, and if he did know, he'd have told us. He might have forgotten because they knocked him out. Mm. Uh, Tim Arendt says, the electric chair question is, is it true that basketballs don't hold grudges? I don't get that. Maybe it's a US joke. Yeah, it could be. Either way, it was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Eric Arsiga says, space uh, ha you have your very own pay-per-view. What would it be called? Oh. Oh, um, subpar. <laughs> great rules. A-OK. -okay. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent. <laughs> Smack bang in the middle. Consistent grounds. Um, yes. Uh, I have never... See, I, I asked him to do Super Chat just so I could read out his name. I have never seen a naked Mexican, says hmm. AEW exposed just how bad WWE really is. Yeah. 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 I think everyone's quality calibration is slightly different this week now. Yeah. Uh, TJ Ridgeway says, is there any chance Seth pulls a John and leaves? No, I don't think so. They've got way too much invested in him. And I think he I think he likes that. And his girlfriend works there at the moment too. Yeah, and they've got like I, I don't know how long it's I don't know how long his contract is uh, with, mm. and really that's why Dean left is because his contract was coming up. He had the option to re-sign and chose not to. Mm. If Seth's there for like another five years, then he's kind of stuck there. For but he has years. kind of done everything. 
Mm. Like, if you want new challenges, you've got Kenny Omega. And he has tweeted that before, haven't they? They've yeah. kind of flirted online about having a match. Maybe that'll be the big story next year. Oh. Mike Maria Canales are leaving, so. Yeah, three weeks. Uh, Mackenzie DaCosta says Saturday was double, today was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Nate Dropped Surname says, uh, oh, he says Randy stole credit. I said the man bottom in the chat. I did. I did genuinely not see that, Nate, but um, I'm glad we think the same thing. Tomo says, Tomo. you guys know how Corbin, Miz, Lashley and Strowman were in, a, in a, an elimination match. No one was eliminated. That's what we said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Miz technically was. Mm. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have about 10 more, so we'll get through these. Jared Thomas says, any chance Joey Ryan and Candice will reunite soon? Reunite? Um... In NXT? Well. I think they definitely want Joey Ryan, and if he's turned down the AEW deal... But he did say that uh, the report is that Ryan turned down the NXT offer as well because mm. he would take a massive pay cut in order to wow. take it on because he mm. makes so much money in the independents and they make very little money in NXT. And essentially, like he'll be there for a couple of years and then start and um, become a trainer. Yeah, I th- I think we'll see Candice reunite with Joey on the independents rather than in WWE. Yeah, yeah. it might happen at say like an Evolve show. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Joshua Scott says lost fan for 10 years no more because of you two Laps fan because of 10 years yeah. come back because of us oh. you're welcome you're welcome I uh, thought he was saying you, they've lost a fan now <laughs> of 10 years because of us yeah. I, I just thought Andy was slowly switching off <laughs> no. uh, Brian Hoyt thank <laughs> you for plugging in <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for your donation Brian Hoyt sorry Bryant Hoyt uh Agent, Agent McMuffin says, I thought for a moment Sami Zayn's AEW mention was scripted, but then why did WWE edit it out of their YouTube video? To make you think that it's not. Ooh. It's, not it's in the Hulu version, apparently. Uh, Jeffrey Pridemore, thanks for watching Raw, so I don't have to. We got you back, bro. Absolutely. Uh, I'll you welcome. But... Brian Hoyt back in with, why uh, was the AEW mention blocked on YouTube, though? Yeah, yeah um, I, I think to make you think that it was an unscripted line. Uh, Peter Gas, Thomas M and Haley Crusoe thank you very much for your generous donations thank you very much Playing thank you. Power says why is everyone so down on this week's Raw I get it wasn't amazing but it wasn't that bad they can't drop everything to respond to aid to aid like you at once not asking you to drop everything just asking no, you to make a compelling TV <laughs> yeah. like yeah. It, it was a boring show yeah, yeah it it, like take double or nothing out of it still it's a, a bad boring, show it's still a boring show yeah, yeah. it still went an hour and 40 minutes before wrestling happened. Mm. It's a three-hour show. It's not like you're, you're short on time. Mm. Yeah, what do you reckon the ratings are going to be like this week? Well, I, I think, think it's they be, were on the upswing. Yeah. I think it's going to be bad because it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Uh, DX2069 says the AW comment was edited out. The replays we've said. Uh, Mike Streeter says, is Renee Young going to be leaving soon? Uh, depends on how long she's under contract for. Mm. I can't see her leaving. And finally, thank you so much for everyone's donations, by the way. Uh, Dale Creasy says, hey, lads, an old one, but who kidnapped Joe in TNA? <laughs> <laughs> we should have a greatest unanswered questions list. Yeah. Oh, he, came out, he, he tried to kill Scott Steiner in yeah. this mojo. He came out with a penis drawn on his face and a <laughs> knife. Can we, who, so was Vince Russo booking, booking that angle? Of course he bloody was. <laughs> Can we track down former writers of, of angles yeah. and ask them what, what was the payoff? Bro, standards and practices meant <laughs> I couldn't finish the story. You and I are off out tonight. Well, hey. On a little mandate. Well, hey. A fiscal mandate. Going to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Or King of Monsters, I'm not sure what. 
oh, Andy's here. That was me playing the sound effect from, <laughs> from the Godzilla trailer. Yeah, so I am super pumped. You quite like Godzilla, don't you? Very much so. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Godzilla fan. Um, I have got a, an extensive collection of DVDs, VHSs, uh, and all sorts of different bits of memorabilia and stuff like that, uh, video games. I'm big into Mozilla, uh, my fandom, and I am super excited for this movie. <laughs> this is the movie I wanted to be released in 1998, um, but that's not the movie we got. We got no, a- we got something far better. <laughs> Roland Emmerich's Godzilla with Matthew Broderick yes. and Jamaraquai's excellent soundtrack. That, that is. Actually, I will say, the best thing about that movie is its soundtrack. A soundtrack which I still listen to to this day. It is wall-to-wall bangers, apart from that P. Diddy track, wall-to-wall bangers. Yeah, and uh, of course the genre-defining Peter Jackson King Kong movie a couple <laughs> of years later. It's just, it's such a shame we didn't get that crossover. Yeah. That, of that... Emmerich's Godzilla, Jackson's Kong. Yeah, it was too soon. It was too. Be- it was before mm. the cinematic universe boom, I suppose. If only it had come out a few years later. Yeah, would have been very well, one of the great losses. And now, but now we've got... The second-rate universe. <laughs> Ollie is doing this because he's trying to bait me because uh, Kong Skull Island, which was like Tyler bait you. pretty much the best movie of 2017. <laughs> it was that and War for the Planet of the Apes. I, re- I hate that you do this because I loved <laughs> Kong Skull Island. It's a five-star And you film. put me in the... It's not a five-star movie. <laughs> it totally is. You put me in a place of having to say it's not that good when I really liked it. It's a five-star film. Absolutely. It's a flawless film. It's absolutely incredible. It is a very good movie. And so I'm super excited for then Godzilla vs. Kong next year. Godzilla, um, Gareth Edwards' version from, what one was that, 2015? Or 14, yeah. yeah. That, like, I see very few movies twice in the cinema, and that was one of them, Mm. because I was just addicted to the visuals. Yeah. The shots of the, the strike team falling out of the clouds from the airplane. Oh, I remember that in the, the first trailer they released where it's just them diving and then as they get further and further you just see the, like, the sort of giant scales and the, mm. uh, the sort of the spine of Godzilla and I was like, oh my god, this is absolutely amazing. And, uh, and this Godzilla King of the Monsters trailer I had on loop, I pulled the audio from it mm. because they had a wonderful rendition of Claire de Lune by Debussy, I think. And it, like, but it was done in that big orchestral version when usually it's a piano piece. And that was on my playlist, my work playlist, for three months as, like, track number four. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. hope that comes into the, the film. So the fanboy me is geeking out <coughs> because we're getting Godzilla versus King Ghidorah versus, well, it might just be Ghidorah or Ghidorah, versus Mothra versus Rodan, and all that's going to come in Pikachu. between. Pikachu. Yeah, he's probably going to be there. Sonic Charizard's the Hedgehog, a yeah, big one. Probably there. Powerpuff um, Girls. Voldemort. Pacific Rim. So Vold- much- not Voldemort, Andy! <laughs> So very much looking forward to this. Um, but though the, uh, we are going to have to leave uh, you shortly because we need to go and do the, yes. the live show. But the last thing I wanted to say is that I was very surprised that when we said that we were going to this, the premiere tonight, no less, no one in the office kind of battered an eyelid. I offered to give up my place and no one cared. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Uh, check out Screen Stalker's YouTube channel tomorrow because we'll have... Videos going up on our thoughts about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm stray excited. But anyway, that is all we've got time for on this show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you later. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.